Um, so today we have with us the Canadian Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so my first question is, uh, you have served several deployments in Afghanistan. How do you view the current security situation in the country? And um, do you see the peace prospects in the country as realistic? And if so, then what role do you see Canada playing um, in the country? Um, as you know, Canada is very proud of the role that it has played uh, in Afghanistan. We were there for over a decade. Um, our troops also paid the ultimate sacrifice um, in uh, in many uh, places. Uh, and but we also got to see where where Afghanistan was right. at that time. And if you look at where it was, I mean, imagine women weren't allowed to go outside right. uh, without a male chaperone. They were being stoned to death in a stadium. I mean, the absolute brutality that was going on. At least with the work and support from the international um, uh, effort and NATO, girls are going back to school. Right. Stadiums are being used for to play soccer uh, again, and so that that demonstrates progress. Uh, um, and the Afghan security forces have also come a long way with the work that the international community has done. And that even though Canada right now does not have troops on the ground, it it's also contributing quite substantially. Um, in the development and security, we've committed over close close to half a billion dollars yeah. uh, in development and security from 2018 to uh, to 2021, and we'll always be a responsible coalition partner. In terms of the prospects of where Afghanistan can go, I think there's a tremendous opportunity. Yes, there has been an uptick in violence, yeah. and uh, we are hopeful that that, that 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 will go down. Some of the things we had anticipated, because uh, it's you know the Afghan security forces were going to be challenged. But if you look at, they have met the challenge every single time. Yeah. They have either stopped an attack, prevented an attack, or if an attack has happened, they were able to retake um, the building or the territory uh, uh, quite quickly, which is good. But for lasting peace, all parties need to come to the negotiating table and 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 figure out what the, the uh, figure out a proper solution. So we are hopeful, and Canada will always try to um, uh, do its part in trying to promote peace in, in the region. Yeah, yeah. Um, so India is also getting actively involved in Afghanistan, and um, we were wondering what opportunities are there for India and Canada to collaborate in ensuring peace in the region and. Mm -hmm. You know, so do you have any comments on that? I think there's a, a, a good opportunity, especially in the development uh, aspect. We have yeah. to be able to develop the nation, help build the capacity is extremely important. I saw some of the great work in Kandahar province that India had done, yeah. uh, one with building the, the road so that, that trade and commerce can flow. Yeah. Uh, something that they also understand the farming uh, very well. Yeah. They built a cold storage facility so that the harvest of a lot of the grapes that ha or and the fruit that was happening could be actually stored and then transport it uh, at, at a later time. Yeah. Where regrettably, a lot of them were just, you know, the fruit was just rotting, it wasn't getting to the market. So I think there's many opportunities how uh, both Canada and India can work on the development aspect of things. One thing we want to also demonstrate is that um, uh, the increase in promotion of uh, education uh, and job training for women as well. That's also very important yeah. that with those progressive viewpoints that we continue to, uh, to push as uh, two democratic countries. Yeah. Um, so, um, the Arctic region is now a new era for uh, geopolitical rivalry and 40% of Canada's landmass is the Arctic. Mm -hmm. So how do you see these geopolitical games unfolding, you know, as time comes? Well, for us, um, uh, the Arctic region is, is, um, 
is something that we take very seriously, uh, not just from a defense perspective, but from national defense. And our defense policy has a significant focus on the Arctic. Yeah. But we as a government look at, look at the Arctic in a much more holistic way. Uh, when we look at sovereignty, we just don't look at it from a defense perspective. So our sovereignty is how do we support the communities, the Canadians yeah. that are actually living up in the north, right? Um, uh, like the Inuits, and I've visited many, many communities and have many more to still to, still to visit. We're looking at how, do, how can we build better uh, sustainable energy uh, sources uh, for them? How do we be able to provide the right support mechanisms uh, for them? Uh, as some of the waterways become more open and tourism goes, how do we make sure that we have the proper rescue uh, structure in the region? And defense will continue to play an uh, important role. We look at North American defense with our most important ally, which is the U.S., our, par um, uh, uh, our partner to the, uh, to the south. But also, we have a very unique uh, defense relationship through NORAD. It's the only binational command in the world. And so we, we monitor that space uh, very closely, and we're going to be modernizing our approach as well. Yeah. Um, so, in November last year, Canada hosted the UN Peacekeeping Defense Ministerial Conference in Vancouver and um, a number of important programs were prepared, including one on increasing the role of female peacekeepers and um, preventing the recruitment of child soldiers. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Canada can be effective in bringing about this change? Uh, first of all, I was extremely proud to host yeah. uh, the uh, United Nations Peacekeeping Defense Ministerial in Vancouver, my home city, mm -hmm. where I would say the Vancouver, like many other cities in um, in in Canada, are are almost looks like the UN. It's a very multicultural. But we were talking about a very serious topic, which is how to reduce conflict. And what we in Canada, with our re-engagement on and peace support operations, we want to make sure that we're going to be contribute things in a responsible manner. Um, so not just look at what we've done in the past. We want to look at what are the things that we can do that can change uh, uh, change things uh, for conflict reduction into the future. One of the things is increasing the number of women on peacekeeping operations. Research has shown that. Our experience has, sh has shown that it can have an impact. So what are we going to do about it? So uh, we have announced, so that's, uh, Mr. Freeland has announced, the LC initiative, which yeah. is incentivizing nations to increase the number of women on peacekeeping operations. But how do you do that when you don't have the number of women in your armed forces? So right. I'm working with my counterparts of how do we how do we look at increasing the number of women? And Canada too is doing its part. We're right around 15 to 16 percent. We have a goal to get it up to 25 percent, a one percent increase every single year. However, that's not an end state. That's a start. And we eventually want to be reflective of our population and get to gender parity as quickly as possible. Uh, in terms of child soldiers, I'm also uh, equally proud to, uh, about the Vancouver Principles, something that we worked with uh, uh, General Romeo Dallaire's uh, an initiative on how do we prevent the recruitment of child soldiers, yeah. uh, something that I think we all uh, can, can agree upon, but also something that can, if, if it has the right impact, it can help reduce conflict. I've always said you need to fight the problem when it gets out of hand, which we, which, which we are part of, but at the same time you need to reduce the number of recruits going to these organizations. Right. And that initiative can do that. So that means better training uh, uh, for militaries that are going in as well, giving the right tools, but also having the right support structure in place afterwards so that when you do uh, bring these children out, you got to get them back reintegrated into society. And that right. takes a, a lengthy approach. So um, plus we're looking at smart pledges. How do we not just look at a, ch uh, a, uh, a chunk of terrain and try to make it better, 
but how do we bring in capabilities that can make many missions better? Yeah. So we're looking at, uh, we're, we're actually putting our tactical airlift into Entebbe uh, as we speak, and we're going to look at other smart pledging opportunities, but more importantly, the innovative training is going to be, I think, uh, quite critical. And where the situation is right, we will look at training troop troopling nations uh, uh, that are going to be deploying an operation. So that'll have almost immediate impact, hopefully, uh, with the troops that are going in. Yeah. And then, again, if the situation is right, we will deploy and mentor those uh, troops as well. So you have an immediate impact, but also when, the, when those units yeah. go back to the host nations, they have, they're far better trained. So it actually, um, it's doing two things at once. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so India has, in the recent years, undertaken a massive military modernization process. And in what manner can India and Canada collaborate and cooperate in this, especially in defense technology, because that is our most you know, required area mm -hmm. right now? So. I think there's already um, uh, one of um, it's really good to see that India is stepping up and being uh, looking at the Asia Pacific region and playing uh, a security role uh, yeah. and, and a stable role. Uh, so, with, with, with that is good. And, and in Canada, too, we are actually increasing our, um, our presence in the Asia Pacific. When it comes to our defense collaboration, I had an opportunity on my previous trip to meet with uh, industry leaders, and I, all, I had an opportunity um, uh, yesterday as well, where I met with industry leaders from, uh, from the Indian companies and Canadian companies, and how they're working on joint ventures, on how to uh, work with the Make in India policy yeah. on defense procurement. And I think uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm also here, is how do, how do we promote that? Yeah. So there is tremendous opportunities, and I look forward to uh, developing it further. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, additionally, Canada has experience in cold climate warfare, and is that a potential area of focus for bilateral defense ties? Well, we're looking at many aspects of our uh, uh, bilateral defense relationship, which areas that we can improve. And the one, one aspect is um, uh, winter survival. Yeah. Uh, you have a region that's also a region that's very cold. Yeah. Uh, obviously, so do we. And um, uh, survival training, uh, winter survival training, is something that we can collaborate on. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity uh, for both nations to work on this. Um, uh, my last question. The Quad initiative involving India, US, Japan and Australia has recently been reactivated. Uh, do you see Canada engaging in it, something like a Quad Plus? Uh, I think we, that's already happening in, uh, in an indirect way. Um, as I stated, um, Canada now, uh, since we formed government and the mandate that the Prime Minister gave me to be uh, a responsible partner in the world, I have now directed the military to have a more consistent naval presence in the Asia-Pacific, and yeah. we've already demonstrated that. We've actually had multiple ship visits to India here yeah. as well. We work very closely with Australia, and obviously we have a very unique uh, defense relationship with, with the U.S. We actually have uh, senior officers uh, in the Pacific Command in Hawaii. Right. So in a way, it's already happening, and when every time that I meet with my uh, uh, U.S. and Australian counterparts, we do discuss these issues. So in a, in a way, it's already happening, but I look forward to uh, furthering that, uh, that discussion because at the end of the day, for all our nations, peace and stability and for our shipping lanes in the Asia-Pacific is extremely important. Yeah. Thank you so much for answering our questions and taking okay. out the time. It was great having you. No, thank you. No, thank it's you. wonderful. Thank you very much thank for this opportunity.